The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Coates, and I'm really glad you're listening in on today's episode. We have a really great episode today with our guest, Jenny Compton, and she's going to talk about motivation. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about 180 Counseling and our awesome providers at 180. It's been a tough year. 2020 was a tough year. And if you're listening, you made it through 2020. But now here we are a quarter of the way into 21. And some of you may be pausing and thinking, I'm not really satisfied with my life. I'm not satisfied about how things are going so far in 21 for me or my family members. And, you know, we've been turning lives around for many, many years at 180 Counseling. That's what we do. 180. We help people make a 180 degree turn because they might want to go in a different direction. And so wanted to let you know that we have a new office coming up in June, June 1st, our newest office to help individuals and families turn their lives around will be located on Harrison Avenue in Cary. And we hope that you check us out there and let your friends and family members know that there are many great options for therapy at 180 Counseling, and we're here to help you turn your life around. So without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Jenny. Hey, Jenny. Hi. So glad you're here again. Thank you for having me. And the last time we chatted, we talked about Christian counseling, spiritually integrated therapy, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And today we're here to talk about motivation. Motivation. And, you know, that kind of rolls into what I was just saying a minute ago about many right. people are not always motivated to turn their life around. They want to make mm-hmm. some changes, but maybe they lack some motivation. So I'm glad you're here today to talk about motivation. Yeah, thanks. So motivation is definitely something that comes up almost daily in my counseling sessions and it mostly pertains to changing their nutritional plans or starting a new workout plan but it also comes up with I'm not motivated to do my homework I'm not motivated to do this project and so they begin to procrastinate Mm -hmm. what I've really learned with my personal experience and professional experience is that motivation is really a myth you don't need it to get started In my therapy, I really see two types of people. I I meet the type who says, I'm going to wait until I feel like it to start. Mm. And then I meet the type who says, I'm going to do the thing until I feel like it. You don't need the motivation to get started. Motivation just meets you on the field. You do the thing. You just do it. You have that Nike attitude. Just do it. Motivation is not the cause of action. It is the byproduct of action. I don't have the motivation to go to the gym every day, but it's a part of my daily routine, so I just do it. For that matter, elite athletes don't have the motivation to train every day. They just do it. 
and then the motivation meets them at the gym on the floor. Is it kind of like the saying, fake it till you make it? Absolutely. (laughs) That's what I thought of when I heard Mm -hmm. you say, just do it. Motivation will meet you on the floor uh, if you just go do the thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking of going to the gym because that's where I lack the most motivation. But I do it every day, six days a week. I pull out my workout clothes. If I'm at home, when I get up, that's just what I put on. Even if I don't go to the gym until five o'clock, I dress out 9 a.m. And I know it's just part of the day's routine. And then I don't want to go all the way to the gym. (laughs) I'm driving. I don't want to go. I don't want to be here when I get there. But I do the thing. I do the workout. And then the motivation finds me and it fuels me and gets me through. And then when I'm done, whoo, that's the best part. Well, it's like you uh, make a choice, it sounds like. So you make a choice to put on your workout clothes. You make a choice to get in the car. You don't have to have motivation to make a choice. Yeah, so if I think motivation is the cause of the action I wanna take, then I'm going to wait for the motivation to start. And I may never start if I would just be sitting around wishing for it. And that's what I see with a lot of people, you know, with the first type, the person who waits until they feel like it. They're just waiting, waiting, waiting and wishing that they could get started. It's like sitting on the sidelines, watching everybody else have fun in life while they're wishing that they had the motivation when really all you have to do is just jump in and do the thing. But when I realize that motivation is the byproduct, then I start the action and motivation will meet me there. Motivation is not going to suddenly come upon you while you're sitting on the couch. Uh, You're going to have to take the action first, but what you do daily matters. And I've come up with three things that I think will help your motivation level. Okay, I always like to give people three things or five things. That way they can help uh, remember. Number one is clarify your vision. Take the time to figure out what makes you cry. What makes you cry? What makes you sing? What are your dreams? Vision activates your sense of purpose and relates directly to your level of motivation. I can't get motivated about something I have no interest in. Right. Yeah. If you're not passionate about something, Mm -hmm. how can you be motivated about it? That's right. Number two, take responsibility for your life. Take 100% responsibility. And really what I mean by that is take control of your life. Mm -hmm. I see in my line of work, a lot of parents who are living their dreams vicariously through their kids. So this has come up repeatedly. So I'm safe (laughs) saying this. I'll have the parents who bring the kid to see me for therapy. The kid is a sensational soccer player probably could make it professional. And and the parents are pushing, they're sacrificing their time and their money, and, and they're driving all over the country. They're paying over, I don't know, 1500 a month or more for yeah. extra coaching. And the kid, I get the kid alone, and the kid is like, this is not my dream. Right. This is not what I want to do. So take control of your life. You don't have to live out somebody else's dream for your life. You're going to be burned out very quickly. You're going to fade away. Also, negative emotions really serve as demotivators. So if you're living somebody else's dream for your life, you're very demotivated. You've got a lot of negative emotions floating around in there. But your emotions don't have to dictate what you do. You can act yourself. Kind of like when you said, fake it till you make it. You can act yourself into a feeling way faster than you can feel yourself into action. Well, feelings are fickle. They come and go, they ebb and flow, they change. Most people, unless Mm -hmm. there's some underlying 
mental health diagnosis. Most mm-hmm. people don't feel one certain emotion all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it varies. It vacillates throughout the day. To make choices about am I going to be motivated or not to do this thing based mm-hmm. upon how I feel, that's just not very predictable. Feelings aren't facts. I might feel one way, but that's not the gospel truth. <laughs> right. Or it might not be the gospel truth. Maybe it is. Does, might not be. Yeah. And yeah. they're different for everybody, obviously. Mm-hmm. Two people in one situation are going to feel differently about that same situation. Right. Kind of like trauma. What's mm-hmm. traumatic for you may not necessarily be traumatic for me, um, given the same circumstances. And then number three is chart a course for the future. It's kind of like that old saying that people don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. Hmm. So it's not enough to have a vision. You've got to have a practical plan to move toward that goal. Those are good three quick and easy tips to kind of focus Mm -hmm. on to help maintain or create some motivation. I know I hear it in my therapy office, too. I mean, I'm not motivated to go get a new job. I want a new job. Mm -hmm. I hate the one I have. You know, these are things I hear. But the motivation piece is missing. And if people can understand You don't have to feel motivated to get a new job. You just have to start, put one foot in front of the other and start looking. Mm -hmm. The motivation might follow. Mm -hmm. Or you get momentum, you know, you start, I'm thinking about job changes. You start getting some traction, some calls for interviews. Now you're really motivated to make that change because you've got some positivity, some feedback coming. You know, I'm just thinking back to my, um, to my CrossFit workouts. I was highly motivated in the beginning. Like something had to motivate me. It was my health. I wanted better health. I wanted to eat better. I was taking a statin drug for high cholesterol. I wanted to get rid of that. And I did. I achieved all of that. When I started, I couldn't do a single push up. <laughs> I couldn't do a single pull up. But four years later, I can. I can knock them out like crazy. I can do a hundred pull ups. That's a good motivator, but it's also hard. And I don't really like going breathless and having my heart rate at 170 beats per minute. Like, that's hard. Yeah. Um, But I find the motivation on the floor. I just start, and then there you go. Yeah, it meets you there. Mm -hmm. That makes so much sense. And I'm so proud of the progress. You know, I don't want to lose all of that either. So, But I also want to clarify, I want to talk a minute about self-discipline, because a lot of people will confuse self-discipline for motivation. And again, those are two entirely different things. I think self-discipline separates successful people from non-successful people. And I would say that you're very successful. You've got six locations now with the Harrison (laughs) Avenue. Yeah. Yeah. So you have some self-discipline. You do the things that you need to do. You get up every day. You you meet all of your appointments. You didn't become successful by canceling your appointments every day and not meeting your obligations. That's not the same thing as motivation. So you keep your schedule, you show up on time, you do the things that need to be done, you meet your deadlines. Essentially, self-discipline is the effort that you put into daily life. Motivation is your internal drive. Oh, that's so good. Say that again. Self-discipline is the effort you put into daily life. Motivation is the internal drive. Yeah, I think that's a great takeaway because you're absolutely right. You have to have Mm self-discipline in order to achieve certain things. And if you want to get a new job or Mm -hmm. achieve something in a healthy, physical way, you have to have the discipline and the drive. It made me think about your hypothetical example about the kid in your therapy Mm -hmm. room that might have all the soccer skills. Mm -hmm. 
that they could possibly achieve or have. But if they don't have the internal drive, the want to Mm -hmm. go down that path, it's not going to happen for them. I think most athletes have this internal self-drive, this self-driven passion or Mm self-discipline. You can't you can't fake that. No, you can't. You've got to have a love for the game. And if it's not there. Yeah. Someone else can want it for you, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. So that plays a lot into just this idea of being motivated to do something different for your life. You have to have self-discipline as well. Any other thoughts or tips to share with the listeners about motivation? A lot of people who are suffering from depression will say, I'm not motivated to get out of the bed. Yeah, I hear that a lot too. I'm not motivated to take my showers or even do basic hygiene. Mm -hmm. And that's a different issue entirely. It's still the same antidote. You just do it. Like it's not, there's no different antidote because you're depressed. You get out of the bed because you know that you have to get out of the bed and put one foot in front of the other. You have to take the shower. You've got to brush your teeth. You got to go to school or or go to work. You do those things because you know that you do Mm -hmm. have to do them. But you also might need to see a therapist. You might also have to add more people to that treatment team. You might have to see your physician or a psychiatrist and, and take an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication. Um, and then you do the thing. Right. And the same thing, same scenario as earlier. You do the thing, the motivation comes. Yeah, it'll come later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I see that a lot in my therapy practice as well. You know, individuals with depression or even anxiety. It's just this block that mm-hmm. they say they have no motivation. But you're right. I think it's helpful for individuals with a mental health diagnosis like depression to create mm-hmm. a checklist to create like a morning routine and these are the things I have to do. Other stuff will follow, Mm -hmm. but you have to do the basics. What do you think about people who say they're lazy? Do you Mm, have have people like that in therapy who say, I'm just lazy? Yeah, yeah. What do you think about laziness? I don't know that I really believe that people are lazy. I think that that that's a symptom of depression mm-hmm. sometimes and and then they're procrastinating either for various reasons right. they 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 want to be perfect or please everybody or they're just not motivated. There's no passion for what they're doing. Yeah. Well, I've got a client who is a student and she loves English and history. She hates science and math. She says she's lazy mm. and doesn't do that schoolwork. So that's the story she tells herself. Right. I think that's a dangerous story to tell yourself. That Yeah, because lazy has such a negative connotation. Yeah, I think we can reframe that. Right, right. And how would you encourage someone who might be thinking about themselves as lazy? How would you encourage them to reframe that? We would have to flesh out, you know, definitions like, what do you mean by lazy? Tell me more about that. But I think a good way to reframe that might be I'm not passionate about these subjects. I'm more passionate about English and history. So I work harder. Right, right. I was Um, just thinking the same. I don't enjoy. I'm not Mm -hmm. passionate. I don't love science and math. Therefore, I'm choosing not to put the effort into it. That story you tell yourself in your head makes all the difference in the world. 
And a lot of times for a person who's not motivated, they do have a negative narrative that Mm. they tell themselves, a negative story they tell themselves, predominantly negative thoughts. And so we do have to work on reframing those and and making them more positive. If I could just go back to the workout thing, because that's what I've struggled with the most. Uh, When I first started CrossFit, it was like it was June 2017. And I'm telling you that coach programmed running every day. And I'm not a runner. (laughs) I hate running loathe it and and that's another thing I'd never been able to do I couldn't run a single mile now I can run 10 without stopping so I would run and the story in my head the whole time oh my god what have I done what have I done to myself right why I can't do this I can't do this I'm gonna have to stop I'm gonna have to walk I'm not going to make it to the stop sign. And then I went home and I thought, why am I talking to myself this way? Like I caught myself because I'm in therapy and I'm helping people with some doing some CBT therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. Trying to help them to reframe, you know, I was having all these ants, automatic negative thoughts <laughs> and and so forth. And so I started reframing. And I changed the narrative. And so when I, you know, of course, the next day we're running again. Mm -hmm. And so I changed that story. I've got this. I'm almost there. I can get to the stop sign. I don't have to run fast. (laughs) I just have to finish. Right. And it made all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. I could have quit, but I didn't. I just kept going. And so four years later, that's still the story that I tell myself. You've got this. You can do this. You can do hard things. I'm strong. That is so good. And, you know, that's a a great way to kind of wrap up this discussion today is what is the story you're telling yourself? Mm -hmm. If you're out there listening and you're saying, I don't like the trajectory of my life right now. I don't like my job. I don't like this relationship. Maybe I don't like that I'm not working out or I want to achieve a healthier self. Mm -hmm. And what is the story you're telling yourself? How can you reframe those thoughts? And some simple statements could be, my motivation can meet me on the floor or meet me at the door or whatever. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Great discussion. Thank you so much, Jenny. Appreciate you. you. If you want to continue the conversation about motivation and how to find that within yourself, you can find Jenny Compton in our Garner location of 180 Counseling and many other great therapists practice-wide. I think we have about 65 now who can help you turn your life around. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.